as Christians, we know the supernatural realm is real. We know there's something beyond this earthly dimension. We know heaven's real. We know angels are real. We know God is very real and very, very able to reach into this temporal realm from the eternal realm. But those are the supernatural things of light. What about the things that are supernatural but of darkness? Now, again, most Christians would say that hell is real, that the devil is real. But what about the things of the devil or the things of hell? Are those darkly supernatural things just as able to interact with or even invade this earthly dimension like we believe that angels can or even Holy Spirit himself can? That's what we're going to be talking about on this week's episode. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. This, in many ways, may be our most supernatural episode ever. It certainly might be one of our most unique, so buckle up because things might get just a little bit weird. And joining me for this week's episode is my friend, Tony Merkel. And Tony, you are something of an expert or at least very well versed in the things of the supernatural, but specifically the supernatural things that most people refer to as the paranormal. So I really appreciate you being with me this week, my friend. I'm really glad to be here. I really am. So I know we, uh, we've been talking about doing this for quite a little bit now, so I'm glad we're getting it done. Yeah, I think I think we need to talk about this stuff more in the Christian space. And uh, we're going to talk about you and your faith and your podcast and your movies in just a minute. But I wanted to share with everybody watching and listening how you and I met. It was earlier this year. We were at a Christian media conference and we got into this really great conversation in the green room. And it, it fascinated me for two reasons. One, because I was talking about, you know, the, the portals, the, the demonic portals that can be opened up through blood sacrifice and how we need to look at what the ritual sacrifice of 60 plus million babies through legalized abortion in this nation, what that has opened up in this nation from, from portals and demonic influence. And as we're talking about this stuff and getting into all this, two things struck me. One, you weren't slowly backing away from me, which is what most people do when I talk about this stuff or look at this stuff. You completely engaged. You were making incredible points. You had great thoughts on this stuff. But what really struck me, Tony, was we both noticed how everybody in the room was started moving towards our table, sitting down at our table, listening to this conversation. And what really hit me was most of the people that were really intrigued and really interested were Christians, but they were in their 20s and 30s. And it struck me that there's something that this next generation and next generation of Christians are hungry for that they're not getting from the church. So first I wanted to ask you, why do you think these younger people, but I mean, and, and there were people in their 40s and people like me in my 50s who were very interested in this stuff, but why do you think that is? Why do you think we've shifted from people kind of cutting us a side eye and slowly backing away from us when we talk about this stuff to now people really being intrigued by it? Well, I think it's because, uh, well, it, there's a lot of reasons for this, okay? Um, and, and actually, it, it has a little bit to do with why I was even on uh the at the conference i uh 
I had uh, had Pastor Alan DiDio on my program, and uh, we had a great conversation. People uh, came to know the Lord through that conversation. And uh, he told me that, uh, and, and our conversation was, um, biblical super soldiers and portals to hell. Okay. So like, I mean, that's what I called the show. And, um, my, my, my program is, uh, we interview people on their paranormal experiences. I am a Christian. I'm very outspoken about that. Uh, but I interview people who are not Christians and I hold a lot of conversations with people from all walks of life. And I just let them share what they've been through because whether they're a Bible believing Christian or a Satanist or an atheist, Everybody has paranormal experiences and it kind of brings people to the table. Uh, so that's my program. And I brought Pastor on because I found him on Instagram and he was putting out these amazing reels. And I was like, this guy's right up my alley. I would love to have him on my show. And uh, it, it was a great conversation. And then afterwards, he told me about the conference and I wanted to make sure that I got there. Uh, once I bought the tickets, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me and telling me that I was going to meet people there that were going to be very beneficial for me. And I, I was thinking, Pastor DiDio, I was thinking, okay, so we're going to become pen pals or something, you know? Like, uh, And it turns out I, I met you and I, pe I met uh, Pastor uh, Larry Ragland and, and several other people. And uh, it was a great time, but it was a supernatural experience for me. It started before I got there. And then I got the confirmation as I was there meeting these people and uh, having these conversations like I had with you. And it, it's the awareness of the supernatural realm that a lot of people are lacking and the younger crowd uh, is, is hungry for. Um, and, and we learned a lot about this at the conference about Gen Z. And I've learned a lot about Gen Z that weekend I didn't know about. Uh, I, I, I wasn't even sure what age group that was. I call myself an elder millennial. I'm 37 years old. I just made the cutoff, uh, but I can teach the kids uh, about, you know, the landline that are all about the Snapchat. So uh, it, it's one of those things where I, I'm, I'm very, uh, on certain levels, detached from the younger generation. But we found out at the conference that this younger generation is really diving into new age uh, they're looking for the supernatural because they know there's a supernatural existence around them. And they feel it. They're having these experiences. But for a long time, we have in, in the church divorced ourselves from the supernatural realm. We have stripped away the supernatural out of the Bible. We don't want to talk about the weird stuff in the Bible because a lot of times pastors don't even know how to talk about it because they weren't taught about it in Bible college. They spend a class, not a semester a class talking about Genesis 6. They talk about, the, 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 they, they just brush over the supernatural weird stuff that it's hard to define. And they go right into, you know, uh, the three points on how to live a Christian life, which is, it, you know, these are things that we should be doing. We should know how to accurately represent Christ in our everyday life and live for him. That's the whole point of this. But there are a lot of supernatural things in the Bible that if you start grasping the fact that we are supernatural beings living a supernatural existence, worshiping a supernatural God, this is all supernatural. Your salvation, the moment you came to Christ was a miracle. That is a, that, that is a supernatural moment. There's no way that we should be coming to Christ apart from the Holy Spirit wooing us. It is a miracle. It, like, like we, are, we, are, we are separate from God because of that. And so um, I think that w through decades, and I saw this in my early Christian walk uh, that kind of turned me off. I, um, I, I actually went to Bible college uh, 20 years ago. I didn't graduate. I went into truck driving. And uh, while I was a truck driver, 
I was uh, completely miserable. I, I, I was mm. I was not walking with the Lord. Um, I, and, and to be honest with you, I don't even know if I truly uh, knew the Lord when I went to Bible college. I always say that I was using my parents as a spiritual crutch in my younger years. And uh, I was raised in the church, but and you and I, I was um, half of Romans 10, 9. I confessed with my mouth that Jesus was Lord, but did I believe it in my heart? Mm. And that's something that I always come back on. And um, I, I, anyways, I was, I was, I went through a season in my my twenties where we got married. Me and my wife uh, at twenty one, we were younger, and uh, in my mid twenties, I just went crazy, and mm -hmm. I started throwing things away. Uh, I almost threw my marriage away, and uh, we we uh, we get our marriage back on track, and I found myself as a tractor trailer driver just wanting to love my wife and make a lot of money driving truck. I didn't want to be bothered by people. I didn't like people. I didn't want to talk to anybody, leave me alone kind of person. And I started noticing that I was one of the more mean people in, mm -hmm. uh, in, in the trucking industry. And uh, I didn't like that. So I, I decided I wanted to change that. And I just didn't dawn on me to do it with God. I just wanted to become a better person. And I started trying to change. And um, I, I wound up going to a funeral. My wife's uncle uh, passed away. And I was there and I was not happy about being in a church. And uh, it, it was one of those things where uh, I, I could feel my blood pressure rising. My ears were getting real hot because uh, her other uncle gets up, who's a Baptist pastor, and he starts preaching the gospel. And I'm like, nobody asked this guy to do this. Why is he doing this? Like, I'm getting angry and, and just furious that this guy has the audacity to talk about Jesus right now. And uh, in that moment, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me. For the first time in my life, I've heard I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. It was the, the first time that that I ever felt that I was alone in the universe and God was zeroing in on me. And all I heard was, you don't need a change to come to me. Come to me and I'll change you. And those mm -hmm. words melted me. And I walked out of that church a completely different person, supernaturally changed. And I started taking my walk with the Lord so serious. I, it was like, it wasn't even an effort needed. I wanted to. I wanted to get home, start reading my word. I, was, I would sit down on the floor, my wife's sitting on the couch, and we don't have any kids, and I'm just thumbing through the Bible on my phone. Like, I, I just couldn't get enough of it. I listened to sermons all day while I was driving truck, and I was radically transformed. During that radical transformation, I'm going to a church where... People, I, I started noticing how the, the it was very cupcake is the way I describe it. I wasn't getting the meat and potatoes that I craved spiritually in the in the sermon. I wasn't getting that from the church at all. It was very soft icing, you know, just give them the sweet stuff so that they come back. And I started diving into some of the older stuff in the Bible. I'm starting to see all the supernatural stuff, and I'm like, you know that. There's a whole part of this that that's being uh, ignored, and it actually disenfranchised me. And I got to the point. And this was a, I'm not. This is not. This was not a good decision at all. But I thought it was in the moment, and I, I was just like, you know, I'm done with this. I am not going. I'm I'm done with this church. And you know what? As I've been going to this church, I've been building up in my faith alone, separate. Like I don't feel like I've been growing at all because of this church, and yet I've been growing. So you know what? All these churches are the same. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm just going to pursue my walk with the Lord on my own. And that was a misstep greatly. Uh, I, I, for about three years, stopped going to church. And at first I was like, yeah, 
this is working out great, you know? And then, I, the, but the lack of Christian socialization in my life, the sharpening uh, wore off, it wore me down very fast. Um, but it was all stemming from this disenfranchised moment that I had where I was like, they, they are just not giving me what I'm seeing here. And that's what the younger crowd is what I'm gathering is going through. They're seeing that the, the church is saying all this nice fluffy stuff, but when they actually look at it, there's a lot of hard questions that aren't being answered. And uh, they're starting to turn and look to other things that we don't recommend. Like we learned about, uh, what was it called? Witch talk, uh, the, the, the TikTok hashtag is called witch talk. And these, these young, the younger generation, they're diving into witchcraft because they're craving some kind of supernatural spiritual identity. And the church is kind of negating that. And so I'm not, and I'm not trying to rail on the church because I, I am, I am so glad that God sustained me through my misstep of not socializing with other believers. And I have repented for that. But the fact is that there are a lot of people that are going to church on Sundays and they're seeing things in the Bible that just aren't being talked about that are that either are hard things to to grapple or, um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but sometimes I've noticed that it's it's glossed over because if you talk about it, people might not come back next Sunday. Right. It, it, it gets into the weird stuff. But, you yeah. know, I think you make a very, very good point and your journey is really important because you were hungry for the supernatural and you weren't receiving it. So you made it, it's, it's really important for us to catch that, that whether you go back to the popularity of Harry Potter or the witch stuff on TikTok that you're talking about, there are people out there, especially young people in the next generation, they're seeing the systems of man fail them left, right, and sideways, disappoint them on every front. So they're hungry for something greater. And God is obviously greater and God is supernatural. There's so many aspects, supernatural aspects to Christianity. I think we need to start giving it to them. And not only the things that we need to eventually point them to and get them interested in, angels, the prophetic, the working of miracles, all that awesome stuff, the power of the supernatural power of decree, being dominion stewards in the earth with and for God, all that amazing stuff. But we need to remember Jesus's favorite place to meet us is exactly where we are. So there may, that's why I think you have one of the most unique ministries out there. And I know your show is not technically a ministry and it's not a Christian show, but you are a Christian. But what I've really been intrigued as I've gotten to know you and listening to and watching your podcast and vidcast is that you will talk with anybody about their supernatural experiences. And I know even from doing like outreach to drug addicts in the inner city, God will use anything. I've We've done ministry to drug addicts who were saying on their heroin trip, a dude glowing bright white came and talked to them and said, I love you. What does that mean? Well, I'm in that moment, it's not really wise for me to say, oh, you shouldn't be using drugs. That's a really bad thing. It's no, Jesus is reaching out to you. And that's the opportunity, I think, that we want to embrace, not to make you know, Bigfoot, Dogmen, the Loch Ness Monster, UFOs and aliens, core to our Bible preaching in the church. But to realize people are hungry for the supernatural and every single thing that's supernatural and dark, there's something pure of it 
in Christ that we want to share with people. Like, you know, people are hungry for witchcraft. We need to be teaching them the supernatural power of decree. You don't need to be a witch with a wand. You're a Christian with the Holy Spirit and the power of the creed word of God. So having said all that and seeing this interest in the next generation and you being a Christian, how did you go from everything you've just shared with us to getting fascinated by the paranormal to where you're doing research on Bigfoot and dogmen and 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 aliens and all of this stuff? How did how did you get there? And then also, how does all of that fit in with your Christian faith? So uh, I, 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 will, I will say this, uh, going back to what you just kind of mentioned a little bit about the, the show. Um, over the years, we have seen countless people come to Christ because of my podcast, uh, through my podcast, let's just say it that way. Uh, and it's literally, again, a supernatural event. This is something that shouldn't be possible. People on a paranormal podcast talking about their experiences and people coming to Christ because of it. But I just saw a woman this past week, I was doing a speaking engagement in Tennessee, and um, she bought tickets to the event just to stand in line to tell me that she came to Christ because of listening to my podcast. Come on. And, and so like, and she's crying and I'm like, I didn't cry because I'm a man. Uh, but like, I, I, I gave her this big hug and I just told her, I said, thank you so much for telling me, you know? Um, but the way we got here is supernatural. Again, like I, I look at my life through a very supernatural worldview because that's what God brought me through. So the way we got here is um, I was driving track to trailer radically saved christian on fire for the lord i'm praying during the day and the holy spirit speaking to me i'm learning how to hear the holy spirit speak to me uh, which is a process for some people i'm assuming it was for me uh but I'll, I'll tell you this story leading into the next i i was feeling the, a lot of things inside and i thought it was god speaking to me but i really wasn't sure and the one time I felt like God was telling me that I should invite my boss to Easter Sunday. And I was like, man, that could be weird if he says no and this, that, and the other. And I didn't invite him. And I'm really, really glad I didn't because he was a Christian, right? And I didn't know this at the time. But the following week after Easter, I was talking to another Christian driver at work and he said, yeah, Jason, our boss, he's actually looking for a church for his family. And I was like, whoa, you know, like it set me back because, you know, Jason founded a church and he was got really involved. He was happy, you know, he's serving all that. Praise God. He found the place that he was supposed to be at. But that whole thing was a learning experience for me because for the first time I had that feeling that, that, that almost like I felt convicted about it, but I didn't act on it. And then a week later I got confirmation that what I was feeling was from God. And at that moment I was like, okay, so when that, that happens, when I feel that, that's God speaking to me. And man, did that light me up. I was like, all right, now we got an identifier here. I know for a fact when I feel this happening, that's actually God speaking to me. And I act on it. And so uh, I'm driving my truck down Germantown Pike into Philadelphia. And I, I'm in a tractor trailer uh, just doing my thing. I don't even believe I was praying at the moment. And the Holy Spirit just came and spoke to me and said, you're going to start a podcast and you're going to work alongside of Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles. Now, that's a podcast that I had listened to. I didn't know Wes. 
I wasn't a, a fanboy of Wes or anything like that. I was just interested in the topic and I found it interesting. I was one of those kids that liked the topic of Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, things like that. I got bored as an adult. I didn't have kids and I was driving tractor trailer and I started watching TV shows like Monster Quest and Finding Bigfoot. Found it fascinating. One day I got I, I got curious and I was like, I didn't know what a podcast was. And I was thinking, you know, I wonder if there's some kind of like Bigfoot radio or something. It's like probably 2015, 2014. And uh, I found this show called Sasquatch Chronicles and he did encounter stories with Bigfoot. And so I started listening, right? That's all I knew of the guy. And um, the Holy Spirit says this to me. And now I'm already in the practice of when I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me, I go home and I tell my wife so that she's the witness for when it happens. And that's just the way it is. And it got to the point where when I would tell my wife, hey, God told me that this is going to happen. It's just like, OK, it's going to happen. You know, it's just like it's, it's going to happen. And so uh, I go home and I tell her and I don't act on it because, you know, I, I didn't want to be a podcaster. It wasn't really on my radar. I at the time really enjoyed driving truck. I mean, like it was just fun for me, you know, just being getting in a tractor trailer that's 53 foot long, plus the truck itself going into North Philadelphia in, in rush hour, like sounds like a nightmare for some people. <laughs> yes. it, it was for me too. And it was pain in the butt and, and in the moment. You're like, Oh man, this stinks. But at the end of the day, you're driving back and you're like, I just did something. Most people wouldn't have the guts to do. And it was, mm. just like, you know, but, um, so I, I wasn't looking to change careers, but, uh, in that moment, God said that to me, I told my wife. And then a month later, after not pursuing any of it at all, I figured if this is going to happen, it's going to happen because of God's time. And uh, a month later, I back my truck into the dock at work. It's about 830 at night. I'm getting ready to unload my truck and, and head home for the night. And on my Facebook messenger, it starts ringing. And it's this guy, Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles calling me. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I pick it up, I answer, and we talk for 45 minutes. And in that 45-minute conversation, he says to me, you know, I think you'd be a good podcaster. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And so we started the show. We started, we started game planning on January 19th, 2017. We launched our first episode. We never missed a week. We've come out just today. We came out with episode 586. Wow. And um, that's how we kind of got into it. It was a very supernatural thing. It was God telling me, this is what you're going to do. And God just kind of honored everything that I've been doing and has multiplied it. And uh, it, it's just been, it's been absolutely amazing to see where this has all gone. And to be honest with you, I don't remember what your question was. I just started talking. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's okay. This was great because I want the audience to get to know you, to hear your heart. Because yeah. again, you have one of the most unique ministries of anybody I know. Because uh, you're you're talking about Bigfoot, dogmen, um, uh, uh, rakes. I didn't even know what a rake was until yeah. I was watching your show and listening to your show and then looking at all this. And I got interested in it because one of my main messages is to equip and empower the church to operate as dominion stewards here on earth on behalf of God and his kingdom. And I personally have got what I get out of it is a couple things. One, I find this stuff interesting. I was a kid in the 70s, way before I knew Jesus watching Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of. And I've always been fascinated by the supernatural. But then once I came to Jesus, 
all of a sudden I realized, whoa, the reason I've been drawn to the supernatural is I'm made for it, but I'm made for the pure version in Christ and I have all this authority. So I actually enjoy getting to be more and more aware of the darkly supernatural things here on earth, because if I'm not aware of them, I could A, be frightened of them or have the mistake that they have power over me instead of me having power over them. And that's what got me fascinated in all of this. And that's why I was asking for you. So you're doing these shows on Bigfoot, on Dogmen, on the Rakes, on Aliens, on all these other fascinating things, super soldiers and, and hybrids um, uh, with some of the um, what's amazed me is how many military people that you've interviewed who have supernatural experiences. But for you personally, Tony, how does all this fit in with your faith? Like when you're talking about Bigfoot, and, and again, I'm not suggesting to anybody out there that we need to bring Bigfoot into the pulpit. I am saying that there is something about this supernatural stuff that people are hungry for. And I love how you shared that there are countless people who have come to know Jesus because of your willingness to meet them in the midst of the supernatural activity they're shunned for. And you're willing to listen and they're encountering Jesus in you and through you. So how does all of this fit in with your Christian faith? Yeah, uh, it, it fits in because I I look into uh, the, the the dark corners of the Bible and things like that. Uh, it it kind of all kind of stems from this the Genesis 6, to be honest with you. That's where it all kind of really stemmed from for me in the progression of it. Uh, shortly around the time I started my podcast, I started thinking about these topics more, you know, I had th thought about it before and, and I was, I was, uh, I was in online forums engaging in conversation with about this stuff. Uh, so it wasn't like I was a stranger of it, but when it comes to like these creatures, people are encountering, you know, I, initially I was like, okay, so these are probably undiscovered animals that are out there that you know and you start trying to rationalize things in, in in the best way possible and you're like well they didn't find the silverback gorilla till you know like a hundred years ago and how could that thing go undetected and you, you really try to stretch your your imagination to fit it in this this nice little happy box and then i started thinking okay so I'm hearing about this Nephilim thing. Let me look at that because, you know, we didn't learn about that in church. <laughs> and, and that was one of the things that was glossed over. Uh, and so I started looking at it and I found, I actually found a guy talking about it. He's recently passed away, uh, Michael Heiser. Uh, Michael Heiser has been such a, a blessing for people like myself because uh, he has credentials to back up what he's saying. Uh, he, he had... Uh, at one time, he was like the leading in-house resident scholar for Logos Bible. Uh, and he, he, I think he knew like nine dead languages. He was the guy that they would bring in to read the original manuscripts to say, this is what this means. And uh, when he's talking about, you know, the fact that fallen angels came and had sex with women and the offspring were Nephilim, which were not human beings, like these were supernaturally created beings. Um, I really started, my brain started turning and twisting and thinking, okay, if that's possible, is anything else possible? And then I hear Michael Heiser, and I don't remember exactly the scripture off the top of my head, but Michael Heiser starts talking about how um, in the New Testament, I believe it was in Jude, I don't remember the exact place though, but how in Jude there are 
portions of the old of the new testament that are actually direct quotes from this book of enoch yeah and uh, i'm like what you know <laughs> like i'm like what what is this and so i started looking at these things through you know his the lens he's been kind of given me through listening to his teachings and uh i, I simply put it on that I, I i tell people i don't believe I don't believe Enoch should be part of scripture. That's something that is that people talk about a lot, especially now that it's becoming something that's prevalent. Um, but I don't think it's bad either to look at it. And for the simple fact that one, we know the the New Testament authors read it clearly. They knew about it because it was it was quoted. Um, and we can we can use it simply as a tool to understand things, just like we have how many commentaries do we have on bookshelves in our own homes where it's not scripture but it's somebody claiming authority to be somebody that knows scripture teaching us what scripture means you know yeah and let, let me jump in just for a second in case people aren't familiar with the book of enoch sure. you're absolutely right it's extra biblical um but it's quoted in scripture in a few places um, and I totally agree with you, Tony. I've, I've read it. I find it interesting. Um, it helps us understand more or a better way to put that is it casts more light on what was going on with the fallen angels in Genesis six. Um, and I think one of the reasons it's so interesting to look at Genesis six, even taking the book of Enoch out of it, is because Jesus himself says in the end times in the last days it will be on earth again as it was in the days of noah and i think that's why so much of this is getting some renewed interest and we're looking at it is because we are i personally believe i don't know that we're in the absolute last days but i do believe we've entered the end times and so looking at this stuff and why i got interested in it was because jesus himself says it will be in the days of noah and we know he's not talking about another flood of destructions coming because God promises he won't destroy us that way. But when you realize that what's going on in the book of, or in, in Genesis 6 is portals have been opened up for fallen angels to step into the natural realm and breed with the daughters of man and bring forth hybrid creatures that are referred to as Nephilim. Now, everybody, this is all biblical. This is not extra biblical. This is all in the Bible. And Jesus is saying in the end days, in the last times, it will be like this once again. And I'm wondering, Tony, if that's why there's so much interest in this stuff. And I'm not even here to say Bigfoot is a demonic crossbreed or that rakes are that. But I'm also here to say, let's consider this not just for the weirdness sake of it, but because if they're there, we need to know we have authority over them. Because one of the things I've heard multiple times on your show that really, really intrigues me, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know that there are people that you share their paranormal experiences with who are Christians who have used the name of Jesus against these freaky, scary things, and they vowed, submitted, and disappeared. But I think, and correct me, because I've listened to so many of your shows now, I think I heard someone share who was not yet a Christian that they used the name of Jesus and these things still had to submit yeah. that got them interested in Jesus. Imagine the witnessing tool we have when we're willing to talk about 
rakes and dogmen. And again, not our main Sunday messages, people. Be willing to entertain the idea that we can know Jesus and him crucified, but yeah. also remember the power we have yeah. to meet people where they are. So speak a little bit into that and tell the story of, or any stories that you can think of oh, that are, are, are how these things submit to the name of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, keep me on track as I go here. You said a lot that I got to go on. Okay, sorry. Uh, so, so I will say this. Uh, a funny little interesting parallel with the whole Enoch thing is this. In the book of Enoch, in the very beginning, it says this is not meant for this time, but for a future time. Enoch, dis The book of Enoch disappears until the Death Street Scrolls come in, and we have this, this, this amazing literature. Uh, and so it, it kind of fast forwards 2,000 years, or actually probably way more than 2,000 years, uh, into more modern day. And all of a sudden, people are starting to talk about it more. And what do we know about Enoch? Enoch himself was taken, and we believe he's coming back in the end times, right? And so there's an interesting parallel there. And if anybody thinks that this is kind of crazy, I mean, just look at Marvel and Superman and, 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 and Captain America. I see all this. Yeah, exactly. So like, you look at this stuff, and, and it, it's this is something that's fascinating people's imagination and, and you're taught by the culture around you to believe it's just imagination but look in your bible and you see stories like samson and 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 people that got glossed over that oh yeah i believe samson but do you really believe that, that, that samson did what the bible says because there's also the story of David's mighty men, and he had an army of Samsons. These dudes were ruthless killers. They would they would take out armies themselves. And like, oh, I thought that was just Samson. No, there was an army of these kind of guys. And it, it, this is a supernatural thing. And so it, it's it it does fit in the biblical paradigm for sure. And there's a reason why people are fascinated by this stuff, and it's because they. they Everything that Satan is doing is he's trying to mimic. And so he's everything that we see happening in today's world it has already been done. And so, listen, uh, the the power of the name of Jesus is it's amazing. Okay. And, and we have to understand why it, it, it what what's going on here with with the name of Jesus? Okay, let me just rewind here and take it into my show. You you brought up different people's experiences stuff. Years ago, I had a guy on. His name is Joseph. Uh, I forget his last name, but he had done research where people going into these uh, alien abduction scenarios. He was interviewing them, and he collected over two hundred, probably more now. But he collected over 200 people's personal experiences where they were in the middle of an abduction. They claimed the name of Jesus and it stopped. They were, they were, the, the entire thing stopped. Also, I was on a radio show and this guy who's the host of the show, I don't know what his beliefs were, but I know he was selling magic boxes. So I know he wasn't a Christian and he's interviewing me and he even said on his show, that you know he's not a christian but he said this is how he said it there's something with the name of jesus that these attacks do stop and then he went into talking about how jesus is a sun god and this that and the other but the fact is he admitted to his own audience that the name of jesus stops these things and you can use it as a tool if you're being attacked and that goes for christian and people who are not christians uh and if you look into the scripture and into the bible 
there's a lot of emphasis on the name of Jesus, the power. We sing about it in church, the power of the name of Jesus. And in the Ten Commandments, you should not take the Lord's name in vain. Why? Because when you're taking when you're taking the Lord's name in vain, vain, you're stripping the power from the Lord's name. You're de de devaluing the name, the almighty, powerful name. And when you have Jesus Christ walking on earth, and the people, the, the 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 sheer, the sheer, the sheer presence of Christ for people healed them. He didn't have to even try. He's walking through a crowd of people on the way to go raise a little girl from the dead. Essentially, he's told he's told that she's sick, and this woman who is sick in the crowd just is like, "If I could just touch the tassel of his robe, I'll be healed." And as soon as she touches it, he's like, "Oh, somebody touched me!" And it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's like it's like, of course, there's somebody touching. He's like, "No, I felt power go out of my body. Somebody touched me." And so it, it's just his very being and essence is healing. And even later in Mark, it says that it, that that many people were trying to just simply touch his robe for healing. I think it was probably like the next chapter from that story. So I don't know if word got around or what. Hey, if you just touch his robe, you're going to be healed. But there, but then when he's departing from his disciples, what does he say? He said, you will do these things in my name, in my name. And then he says, you will cast out demons. You will heal the sick, you know? And, and then uh, also there's this, this in my name aspect. There's this, the person who is praying in the name of Jesus aspect. But then there's also the, the person receiving and their faith aspect as well. And we see how Jesus will heal people because of their faith. He'll tell them, because of your faith in my name, in me, you are healed. And so I don't know how or what exactly, I can't remember exactly what you said to get me on that, but the name of Jesus is so powerful. And I don't know if we totally comprehend that in our everyday lives. I think if we really, and, and this is what this is where we're coming to in these times. And, and here's a good transition. I know you told me we we're going to talk about this. Um, the end times that we're, that we're living in, I really passionate believe that we, we're, we're living in very supernatural times. And we are going to see, and we are seeing, very negative supernatural aspects of our existence spilling over into this reality. And God is not going to sit back and be mocked. He is not going to sit back and just let it happen. We're like, well, you know, what can you do? He's going to flex and he's going to do it soon. And the way he's going to do it is through his remnant. Those who are willing to speak his name, he is going to work through. And right now we are in the beginning stages of a very massive, revival globally i very much believe that and in that process what we're going to see is satan trying to do his thing spill over the negative into this realm very visible we're entering into a season where i strongly believe it is going to be undeniable for christians and unchristian alike to say yeah there's something going on here did you see the news last night what was that it's going to happen and when that starts happening and it is happening now you are going to start seeing God come tenfold. There's going to be masses of amount of people Ooh. being killed, masses of amount of people being demonically oppressed and possessed, being relieved of these demons. And when I'm when I'm saying it's spilling over now, 
I believe that when when you read in the old, when the, in the New Testament, the Book of Revelation, these weird, crazy creatures that are supposed to kind of like the head of a lion, the tail of a scorpion, like that's terrifying, right? Obviously, we're not there yet, but it's going to come. But what we are seeing is, and if you just have the lenses to look at it, it's right there in front of you. The massive amount of people who are demonically possessed, cities who are just absolutely demonically oppressed and possessed, like Philadelphia, the city that I came from. So I moved to East Tennessee because I had to get away from it. I wasn't going to raise my family in that area almost two years ago now. And just recently, at the time of this recording, just last week, Philadelphia had a thing where over 100 people got together to just randomly go through the shopping district, smash in windows, rob these stores. Police come in. They arrest 52 people out of over 100, right? There's a video that was going around of a woman who was filming the police arresting these, these, these young men. And she starts laughing. And this is over a minute-long minute video. She starts laughing and it sounds like somebody's just like kind of giggling and laughing like ha ha and then it evolves very quickly into something that's just demonic. She the, the sheer joy that she had that that was just overflowing that wasn't her. I looked at my wife I said that woman is possessed and that is a representation of what's going on in that city right now. The 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 absolute heroin overdosing that's happening on the streets that's being allowed to happen. That city has a real demonic possession problem going on inside of it. And that one video was just a small snippet of what is going on in these people's lives there. And that is happening everywhere. If you have the lenses to see it, you'll see how the supernatural in the negative way is spilling over, overflowing into this world, into our, into our reality, the physical world where we can see it. Yeah. It's happening now, but then we're also seeing Asbury. We're also seeing these revivals happening. You're also seeing the moving of the Holy Spirit, people being healed at, in church services. I believe just here in Knoxville, Tennessee, God is gearing up to do some amazing things very soon. We see, we're seeing the power of the Holy Spirit just move through my, my little old church. I, I, I go to a, a small church where probably the most people are 50 and older. And uh, and I love it because I see these older people, uh, women who are in their 80s, just joyfully worshiping the Lord like they're at a youth convention and they're 16 again. Like they're showing me how to worship as I get older and how the fire doesn't need to go out. And so I, I absolutely love the church I'm at. And on top of it, just about three or four weeks ago, this started happening where uh, my pastor and and. I've since changed my strategy now because of this, but I, I, I was just bringing my phone to church and I was using that as my Bible. Uh, first of all, we all need to stop doing that because these app updates that go to apps, they're going to start changing the Bible and they're going to change it right in front of your face. You're not even going to know. You're going to accept the update and the Bible's going to change. You need to start buying the Bible physically because they are going to start using the Bible and they're going to start changing it. They're going to start using AI to do that. That's a whole different topic. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I love I love to use my physical Bible as often as possible, and I have several of them. Just before you go on with that, Tony, I want to jump back to something you were saying that was really important. And you're saying, if you have eyes to see, which, you know, the Holy Spirit says, have eyes to see, have ears to hear. You can see the level of darkness. Now, you know, we, we started this with, with talking about the paranormal, and, and this is paranormal. But it may not be Bigfoot. It may not be Bigfoot. It may not be a rake. It may not be an alien. But there are things going on. And God tells us in Isaiah 60, verse 2, he's very clear. 
He says, behold the darkness and the deep darkness. He doesn't say ignore it, be afraid of it, be freaked out by it, and then let the kingdom of God arise in you, the glory of the Lord appear upon you, because then you have the ability to deal with it as the dominion steward on earth. And that's ultimately what we're talking about here, is opening up your eyes, not because we want messages about Bigfoot or aliens in churches, but because God, these things are going to become more and more prevalent. And if you're aware of them, you won't be afraid of them. If you're aware of them and the power of the name of Jesus over them, you become part of God's solution as opposed to a victim of the enemy. And I, I want to talk about, I want to, I want to talk quickly about aliens and UFOs in just a minute because they've become so prevalent, but I want to give you a chance to finish where you were going before we do that. Yeah. So, uh, Yes, we definitely need to talk about the alien aspect of things. Uh, but yeah, so to kind of wrap up this idea of God gearing up to really spill over here, um, just in my church, and it's a small church, uh, a few weeks ago, I'm sitting there and I'm reading my Bible on my phone as my pastor's reading and he stops and it's just a longer pause. And then I hear him say, and I'm just looking at my, I, I didn't look up, you know, and and I I hear him say, I'm seeing things and he laughs and he, and he starts reading again. And I'm like, oh, he must have misread it because I, I'm kind of like passive reading as well. And so nothing, I don't think anything of it until he tells me what happened during the service. And I went back and looked at the video. So he's standing there at the pulpit and he's reading the scripture and he stops and he turns and he leans over to the side, his left side of the pulpit and looks at the ground. And then he looks right above him. And then he looks down and he's like, I'm seeing things. And then he laughs and continues going. Well, it turns out he saw a light, like a shimmering light come down from the roof. And we had some powerful worship that day. We've like, like it was one of those days where you're just like, eh, you can just keep worship going and skip the message today. You know, like, it, like with the Holy Spirit's here and let's roll with it. Um, and the, 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 this shimmering light he saw just come down from the ceiling and land on the floor. He looks up and he sees this light above him. And then he's like, I'm seeing things. And that's what he meant. So he finds out after church that there was another person sitting in the, in, in the congregation who saw the same thing. Not everybody saw it, though. And, and before that, there was a pro, there, there was, um, I don't remember if it was pastor or if it was somebody in the congregation, but uh, it, it might have been pastor. Somebody had said that, uh, for those who have eyes to see the Holy Spirit's going to start moving. And then this happens and this person confirmed that they saw it, but then somebody else saw at the same time, a light over where the guitars were kind of hovering in the sanctuary. And my pastor's like, what do I do with this? You know? And it's just, I told him, I said, listen, the Holy Spirit's coming, baby. Let's, let's, let's have some fun with this and, and, and bask in it. Like let's, let's enjoy this, this moment of, a physical manifestation like it, it it was i didn't i didn't get to see it but i was like this is amazing well uh then then a few weeks later a couple weeks later somebody else saw something in the church during service then the following week i'm in worship and i see a light going behind the singers and then just uh i think it was, it was last week a guy in my church he was sitting talking with me and he said, my son said he saw some light above uh, the one light in the church ceiling. And he's like, I don't know. I haven't yet verified. I said, bro, there ain't no need to verify. The Holy Spirit's been moving in our church. You ain't got to do nothing but just rock with it. Let's go. And so like, 
there, there's this there's this aspect that I believe that God is gearing up and he's doing it now. But I, I don't think we've even seen just the, his pinky move yet. Like God is about to really do something here. And it's because of what we're seeing happening, spilling over the alien agenda, the governments of the world bringing forth this idea of these aliens and aliens are real. And, you know, they're there's a lot of different ways to consider this and think about it and view it. And I go many different directions, but before we go there, Tony, let me give everybody some context because people may not, my, my more traditional Christian audience may not be aware of what's been going on, okay. but you know, God will highlight things or he'll allow even the enemy to bring things forward. The enemy thinking he's making the great chess move, but God's always outmaneuvering the enemy. And please remember, when anything looks like the enemy is advancing, realize ultimately from God's perspective, it's a setup. You know, the enemy thought he had a great victory when he sent, uh, when Christ was crucified, but it was actually the exact opposite. It was the greatest chess move ever, and the enemy was completely, utterly, and totally defeated. So if you haven't been paying attention to the news of late, and I only check into the news really when God highlights it to me, because I, I want to stay focused on light, not darkness. But there has been a lot of news recently about UFOs. And I jotted some things down just to give you guys some context. There are reports that our government has recovered UFO crafts and have them in their possession, have been attempting to reverse engineer some of that far-reaching, literally, technology. Um, we also have been reports that there have been alien pilots recovered. And just in case you think, oh, those are fringe lunatics saying that, listen to this. There have been... In the midst of the accusation of massive cover-ups by the government for decades now, a former U.S. intelligence officer claimed under oath before Congress that the U.S. has been harboring intact and partially intact non-human. And intact and partially intact and non-humans are all direct quotes, pilots. So the UFOs and what they call them now UAPs have gone from the fringe territory of nuts, flakes, weirdos, and conspiracy theorists, theorists and lunatics to now we're actually seeing UFOs and UAPs being discussed in Congress and on Capitol Hill. And I think there's a reason to this. I think God is allowing it to be highlighted. And I also think it's partially a sign that we are in the days, as in the days of Noah, because Tony, I know you've got a lot of great takes on this. Here's my thought, and then I'll turn it back over to you. We see, like we talked about, in Genesis 6, fallen angels stepping through some kind of dimensional portal that I believe was opened up through blood sacrifice and definitely through all the wickedness of that day. We, we read in the Bible how wicked things were in that day, including human sacrifice. These fallen angels are stepping through that portal from their dimension into this dimension, and they're doing two things. They're creating demonic human hybrids, known as Nephilim, known as the, 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 the great warriors of the day, as it were, but they're doing something else. They're trafficking in forbidden knowledge and trading that with man to get the things they want, including the ability to create these hybrids. One of the things I find the most interesting about all these um, uh, UFO alien abduction reports, looking at it from a really actually from a Christian perspective, is there tends to be two things going on. Like we read right here being reported to Congress that there supposedly the government has been trying to receive 
information about how to advance technology. And I'm curious if that's where so many of the, and, and this is speculation. I'm not saying this is fact. I'm saying this is, I think about this stuff. If some of what's been going on from high tech, computer tech, um, some of the things that have been going on with all the AI and transhuman tech, if some of this is quote unquote forbidden knowledge that's being traded by quote unquote aliens here on earth. And what if those aliens aren't nearly so much interplanetary as interdimensional? And they're coming through portals that potentially have been opened up by all the wickedness and unrighteousness in the earth today. But again, and this is how you and I met a conversation kind of like this, where we were talking about Look, the sacrifice, the human sacrifice, the ritualized human sacrifice of legalized abortion of over 60 million children in the womb, the sacrifice of pure and innocent is going to open up portals into the earth for the demonic. Now, again, this is not to make UFOs and aliens a focus of our Christian faith, but if these things are being focused on and highlighted, we need to understand what's going on, why it's going on, and how we are part of God's solution to deal with it. So I think what's been going on, and this is just speculation, I think this is more interdimensional demonic activity as opposed to interplanetary alien activity that is an anti-Christ agenda to create human and these interdimensional, I personally believe, demonic entities that are um, 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 creating hybrids. And then also the, the exchange of forbidden information. And let's talk transhumanism just for a second, Tony. What is this? When you look at what's going on with this transhumanism movement, what ultimate goal is, is a false eternal life, is being to upload consciousness into the cloud. So those who do not know Christ say, I don't need that stuff. I can create eternal life on my own by just downloading from, and I don't know how it works. I haven't looked that much into it, but one AI body or half human, half robot body or transhuman body, I'll create human life out or uh, eternal life outside of Christ. When we stop saying, oh, this is all crazy, and I realize this isn't for everybody, and we may have already lost half our audience, but that's okay. <laughs> I want to consider this stuff because of my personal mandate, equipping, encouraging, empowering the body of Christ to be God's solution here on earth. So why do you think that there's all of a sudden this focus on a very broad band as opposed to narrow band level of UFOs, UAPs, and aliens. What do you think the enemy's agenda is? And what do you think God's agenda is in allowing these kinds of conversations? The, en the enemy's not stupid and knows that time is drawing near. And there's a real push to the goal line now. And listen, they, 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 the enemy knows what, what, how, it, how it ends, but he's trying to pull as many people with him. And so... If uh, if we can deceive the whole world into believing that these alien entities are gods, maybe even uh, things that have seeded humanity here on Earth, let's do it. That's the goal. The, the goal is deception. Uh, I, I believe that this, that this right here, what we're talking about, is going to lead a lot of Christian people away from their faith because they do not know how to handle the fact that their government, people that they are supposed to trust, are coming out and saying that these are creatures and beings from other worlds or 
or even interdimensional because they are talking about the interdimensional aspect of these things and that they're here to ascend humanity to another level, this whole transhumanism movement. And Tony, one of the things you just said, sorry for interrupting, but I got to highlight it for the audience. The ultimate goal is deception. And remember, guys, that Jesus, Jesus mentions that three times in the Gospels when he's talking about the last days and the end times, that there will be deception and many of the elect, many of the saints will fall away. So another reason to bring this up is so that you can hear from people like Tony who have looked into this way more than I have and considered it way more than I have have that you'll be aware of it so you are not deceived and you do not fall away yeah and and even so let's let's think about this idea let's just uh kind of throw it out there let's have some fun and think about this um if say, let's say christ comes back and raptures the church right they're setting the stage right now to be able to tell people that what you experience because every eye will see right but what you experienced was actually, and this is post event. Okay. This is, we're gone. It now dust is settling, right? What I believe is going to happen is they're going to say what you experienced was actually one of those alien invasions. And they came to take all those bigots that we have been talking about. They have abducted the bigots so that humanity can now freely transcend to the next level of, tran of with transhumanism. Uh, and the whole idea is to strip away man's humanity. I believe that they're going to be, uh, like you said, going back to the days of Noah. Um, I believe that this is this is part of it, you know, like creating hybrid beings. That's what Nephilim are. And I think that's what they're trying to get back to doing. They're trying to change the DNA of people. I do not think that Neuralink is a very good thing that Elon Musk is doing. He's trying to develop, he is developing a, a chip that you basically it put in your brain and you can function uh, digitally. Uh, th these are, these are sci-fi things that are now being pushed in mainstream. And it all stems from trying to pull people away from their humanity. Uh, when it comes to this alien idea and agenda, uh, it, it's really real. So if people don't know about it, I just encourage you to go online and just do a simple search. Uh, you'll start seeing tons of articles about how they're holding hearings in Congress about uh, this idea of aliens and, and craft that we're not. They, they've said it. They have craft that we're not made here on Earth, uh, that they have biological beings and, and bodies and, and things like of the sort that were that are not human. And so when they when they phrase it in that way. It makes your mind go like crazy. You're like, whoa, whoa, how do I define this? How do I, how do I fit this into my my paradigm? Uh, but what I believe is going on, I, th I think there's a lot of things here. So, uh, do I think it's beyond beyond God's capability to create some kind of intelligent life on another planet? Obviously not, or else he wouldn't be omnipotent. Like he could if he wanted to, right? And. Uh, if God one day said, if I if I'm if I'm standing before God and he's like, actually, yeah, I, I did. And it's like, why did you do that? Because I thought it'd be cool. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, okay, you know, but uh we do have the reality that we do know, which is there is a demonic presence here. And I personally believe that, like, one, we know that demons can transcend realms, right? There's obviously another realm that they play in that we have do not have access to, and we could go into thoughts on you know how why and how and all that stuff but 
I believe that they have the ability to access this realm. And when they're doing that, are they able to do it in a very physical way? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Uh, and and we, we, because we go back to the things that we see in the scripture of fallen angels procreating with women, creating physical beings that were not human. Uh, and going back to Enoch, it does suggest that, and I know this goes against a lot of um, modern Christian teaching, but uh, so just take it for what it is. And you know, talk, so you're talking to a former trucker turned podcaster here. So just take that, you know, uh, but um, a lot of people believe that demons are the fallen angels uh, in the book of Enoch. It suggests that the dead Nephilim, their spirits are the demons and that that's why they're so hungry to inhabit people's bodies because they had a body at one time and they're just prowling for it. Um, but there, there's there's a lot of different aspects to go with this whole thing. But I do believe that part of it is demonic and uh people are going to if they're not aware of it if they're not uh awake to what's going on it's gonna catch them off guard and if you're not walking because there's a lot of let's just be honest there's a lot of people that are fence sitters when it comes to their faith you know they they're half in they're half out they go to church on sunday they don't think about god six other days of the week um they they rush through church to get to sunday afternoon football um the people who are, are lukewarm christians i i fear are going to have the hardest time with this these new revelations and i know it for a fact because i get the emails from people right. who listen to my show and they have a hard time processing what's going on and a lot of times people will ask me how can i handle all this stuff and i think it's just because like i'm really fundamental in my my my, my beliefs and my foundations uh the number and even with talking with all this stuff like i've learned a lot from talking to people on their on their with their experiences a lot of things that i at times probably wouldn't even thought was possible but when you start hearing so many people say they have the same experience like you start thinking okay what's going on here but the, at the end of the day um my foundation is christ 100 like that that is where we build from you know and uh I try to encourage people that are Christians that reach out to me and say they have a hard time comprehending all this stuff. Just take it back to the basics. You know, let's take it back to the basics. Who is Christ? What do you, who do you say Christ is? That's the most important thing of all this stuff. All of this stuff that goes on around us and stuff. The most important thing is who do you say Christ is? And not only do you say it, but do you believe? I referenced it earlier, but it's literally like my my foundation to everything. Romans 10, 9. It, do you say it? And do you believe it in your heart? From there we build. From there we figure things out, you know? But it's it's really comes down to the salvation aspect and the deception of trying to sway people away from it. And even having this conversation, which I know is going to stretch a lot of my viewers, you know, traditional charismatic Christians. Um, and again, I want to reemphasize, none of this is to make any of this like the main and the plane in your churches. It's one of the mandates here at Heroes Arise is to help you arise as the hero, warrior, and champion God created you to be. We say it every episode. And a big part of what's going on in all these fronts is everything Tony just said. It's, and as I said, it's an antichrist agenda because one of the ideas behind what's going on with the aliens is that one day they are going to present, and this is a whole other conversation we won't have time to get into, 
but through hologram technology and all this other stuff, project up into the sky, the mothership coming and position this as, oh, this is the alien race. And they might even, you know, and, and say that originally planted man on earth and left us to develop on our own. And we've obviously made a mess of it. So they're back to help us or actually save us. So it's literally potentially an antichrist agenda. This isn't to get you to focus on it and make this the main thing that you're interested in. Read your Bible, pray, follow Holy Spirit. That's what matters most. But there are some of you out there that God's going to be able to use you with those who have been deceived, saved and unsaved to say, hey, let me share with you the Antichrist agenda in this. So you open their eyes because you're part of God's solution. And very quickly, and I don't have time to tell the whole story, unpack all this with you, Tony. But I remember before I was a Christian in my cabin in the woods of Montana. And one of the things I did, because I knew there was a realm beyond this realm, and I'd been a searcher my whole life, I just had been foolish and had dismissed and even mocked Christianity. I remember the time, and I won't go into details, so I don't want to give the enemy any glory, but was using hallucinogenic drugs, and little gray dudes came to me and taught me about space and time. And they looked very much like little alien grays. And, and they, what they taught me was really interesting. And here's what's fascinating. I didn't encounter, once I was a Christian, I had an encounter with God years later, Tony, in a hotel room in Singapore, where he came and he taught me about what it meant that he was alpha and omega, not alpha then omega. And he taught me all about space and time and how to access the eternal realm from the temporal realm in Christ. And so much of it lined up with what the little gray dudes told me, but they left Christ out of it. They left Jesus out of it. They left God out of it. And there was mixture and they were trying to create themselves in my mind as rabbi, disciple, or savior. And it was a lie. And so I admit right up front here that part of the reason I'm so convinced that aliens are not interplanetary nearly so much as interdimensional and demonic is because I look back at the encounter I had and how vividly these things looked like little alien grays and how hard they worked to give me a tiny aspect of truth, but that was twisted and perverted to it's almost like the enemy knew I was really close to a God encounter that was going to change everything and wanted to woo me away from it. But here's the truth. God is bigger. God is greater. He's the Lord Almighty. He's the Lord invincible in battle. And he wants to use you to express that. And if some of this is too weird, too out there, and we've lost you, that's totally okay. But for some of you, who have you felt like, I'm not even allowed to talk about this stuff in church. Well, maybe not in church, but you're allowed to talk about it. But remember to always bring a biblical Jesus perspective to it, because none of this is stuff to be freaked out by or afraid of. You actually have power and authority over it in Christ, and he may want to use you to be part of his solution. Tony, I know we've covered a lot and you've been generous with your time, but I want to give you whatever time you need to either wrap up or make additional points before we sign off. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of bounce off of some of the things you said real quick, just because I feel like uh, people should know. Uh, kind of bouncing off with of what you're saying, uh, in, in 1918, I believe it was 1918, Aleister Crowley, if people don't know who Aleister Crowley is, he is the founder of the Satanic Church. I mean, like, like he, he invented it, essentially. Um, he drew a vision of a character, an entity that came to him, called himself Lamb, and that character, that that entity that he drew, it looks like a gray alien. That's what it looks like. And so 
you take that for what it is, you know? Uh, but then in the same breath, there's a lot of people that might be listening right now. Maybe not. I don't know. But just in case, if there, even if there's one person that's listening right now that is maybe more geared towards new age and they think that's going to save them that, oh, I'm a Christian. I've met tons of people who are more new age, but believe they're Christians. And I don't know new age religion and faiths and, and stuff in and out. I'm not an expert in it, but I recently came across this quote and uh it, it really set me back and I, I just with anybody who might have clicked on this because of the title and they listened to all to this point and they're just like well i, I agree with most of these guys on things but you know it, you know i really know what it's all about christ consciousness and all this this stuff um i'll, I'll just say this there's a guy named anton levey and he's the one who started the satanic church in the western world in america uh, he's the father of it and he himself has been quoted. And I'm going to read this quote to you. He said, in the scores of books lining the shelves of New Age bookstores, there are instructions for guiding meditation, creative visual visualizations, out-of-body experiences, getting in touch with your spirit guides, fortune-telling by cards, crystal balls, or the stars. What if Satanists reclaimed these for their own dark purposes and integrated them into the rituals dedicated to the devil where they rightfully belong? New Agers have freely drawn upon all manner of Satanic material, adapting it to their own hypocritical purposes. But in truth, all New Age labeling is, again, trying to play the devil's game without using his infernal name. Anton LaVey said that. And so if anybody listening right now that, that thought that this would be a conversation they wanted to hear because of the title or anything like that, and you're doing New Age, I'm here to tell you, you really need to consider what the root of your faith is and turn to Jesus Christ now. Because what you're doing and what you're doing what you're doing and talking to these spirit guides are demonic beings. And as soon, and I promise you, as soon as you start turning to Christ, they're going to start turning against you. Just know when you do that, when you turn to Christ, Christ is pow more powerful. Claim the name of Jesus like we talked about. They will flee. But you have to do it now because you're playing a very dangerous game. And on that note, I'll, I'll sign off. But I just, I, I really wanted to say that. I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me that, that there could be somebody that is listening right now that does practice new age. And if you are doing that, you have to have a wake up call. Look into it. Don't take me. You don't know me. Look into it. It's a very dangerous game you're playing and you're being deceived. So powerful. So true. I was involved in new age, human potential movement, all that stuff, hallucinogenic drugs, as I said, consciousness expansion, all of that before Jesus showed up, made himself real to me. He wants to do that for you too. And his blood works and it purifies and it consecrates and it sets apart and it saves and it heals. And for any of you out there who are learning things about my past you didn't know, please know that I have repented of all of it. Jesus has set me free from all of it. And, and he can do the same for any of you. Tony, I really appreciate you being with us. Do me a favor, because um, many of the audience is going to be interested in more from you because you do have such a unique um, uh, ministry and media assignment from God. Tell them about your podcast, your website, and let them know about your latest movie as well. Tell them a little bit about The Shape of Shadows. Yeah, I, I um, so the podcast is called The Confessionals, and I just I sit and I have conversations with people about their experiences. And uh, sometimes we bring people in that maybe don't have necessarily experiences, but they have a topic to talk about that I'm interested in. Uh, but it's a, it's good conversation back and forth. A, a lot of people have described me as like the Joe Rogan of the paranormal world. So uh, that kind of formatting. 
and so the, the show is called The Confessionals. But since I started doing it full time as a job, uh, I started a company called Merkel Media. And we also do films where uh, we do documentaries, uh, movies. We shot our first movie this past summer. And our latest film is called The Shape of Shadows. Now, my whole crew of guys, uh, and again, God did it, not me. I didn't plan it this way, but God put these people in my path. We're all Christians, but we all believe that the supernatural realm is very real and that we're being called to expose it for what it is. And so uh, we go out to locations that are known to have paranormal activity, uh, supernatural things happening, dark things happening. And we put ourselves in the environment and to observe and see what happens. Uh, we, we're not going out there with Ouija boards and things like that. We're not going out there trying to summon spirits. Uh, we simply let these known locations and the environment unfold around us. And our um, our film, The Shape of Shadows, we went out to a very popular location. But a lot of people have heard of Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Uh, we had access to a property called Space Wolf Research, which borders that ranch. And we spent a week out there. And we had documented countless UFOs in the sky. We caught UFOs on video in broad daylight. Uh, on the property we were staying on, we found a, a ritual circle that was later then identified as a skinwalker ritual circle. For people who do not know, skinwalkers are uh, people who go through a very dark transformation process through black magic uh, these are people who do these things to to harness a very dark power. And uh, legend has it that they are, have these abilities to transform their bodies. And so we went out to this location. We found a ritual circle that was that was dubbed to be a skinwalker ritual circle on the property we were staying at. We had uh, documented that. We documented uh, things in the sky. We we were even we were even in, we even encountered people who seemed to have been stalking us that week who weren't happy we were there and so uh that's what we do we just go into these environments and see hey what's up <laughs> you know uh and so uh we're actually getting ready to go into uh our next shoot at the end of this month in october and uh we're going to be going into a very uh known location called the lbl here in tennessee it's it stands for land between the lakes and there's been a lot of legends and lore that come out of there and so we're gonna be going in there um and uh fully prayed up and see and see how things go one of the things i really liked is how you had talked about in one of your episodes that um you wanted to go back to some of these places and and worship god and see what happens yeah. because so many of these things like you talked about you would come across these ritual sacrifice sites and realize this may be what's opening up all this darkness here how about if we go back and simply worship god and see what happens so i think it's amazing i yeah. appreciate what you do um and i'm 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 grateful to help some of our audience get to know you a little bit um and thank you for taking time with us absolutely thanks for having me i let me just say this real quick uh Merkel.media is my website. So I, I'm really bad at self-promotion, but if, if they're interested in seeing the documentaries, we have two of them. We're coming out with many more. Uh, you can get them at Merkel.media. That's where we're at. Awesome. Merkel.media is the website. The Confessionals is the podcast and vidcast. You can get the podcast on most podcast platforms and the vidcast on um, YouTube. And uh, and you can connect with all of it through uh, Merkel Media, the, the website. So let me let me leave you with this thought, everybody. You know, um, 
there's a line in an old movie, The Usual Suspects, and it says that, let me, let me read it to you. I jotted this down. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Now, as, as charismatic Christians, we know the devil exists. But what about all this other stuff? What about all this high weirdness that's going on that's usually just dismissed as fringe or lunatic or crazy stuff? Again, this isn't going to be for everybody, but there are some of you out there that may have had an interest in this stuff like Tony or even like me as a kid from the 70s and watching um, In Search Of with Leonard Neboy and being fascinated. And that fascination with the supernatural was met in Christ. But maybe you're part of his Isaiah 60 verse 2 army where you're supposed to be one that he wants to work with to help you behold the darkness on the earth, the deep darkness on the people, to help set them and set nations free from that stuff. Ultimately, that's our goal in this show, is to at least have this conversation. But I want to hear from you. What did you think? Do you think conversations like this have place in modern-day Christianity? Do Are you interested in this stuff, too, and how you can be God's solution in the midst of it? Or do you think that this stuff should never be brought up, that, that it's all just nonsense? Share your thoughts. Let us know, because ultimately our goal in everything is to be here to serve you, to equip you, to encourage you and empower you. I told you this show we were going to get into some unique areas and we did. But I thought it was important that it, we at least had the conversation. So thanks for being here with us. I know for many of you, this stretched you. But you know what? Sometimes it's really, really good to be stretched. I know this stuff stretches me. But I love when Holy Spirit stretches me, but also keeps me firmly on the foundation of Jesus Christ is Lord. We are here to partner with God and his kingdom. So no gate of hell, any stronghold of the enemy, none of them will prevail. That's a Matthew 16 mandate for all of us. You were a part of that. And anything we talked about today is ultimately from that heart and that perspective. So thank you so much for being a part of it. One last thing I want to encourage you. If these shows are blessing you, do me a favor. Consider going to roberthodgkin.com and sowing a gift or even becoming one of our monthly Go Team partners. You help us go to the nations through meetings, ministry, missions, and media. You can help us be part of God's solution around the world and empower other believers just like you by giving that one-time gift or becoming a monthly Go Team partner. Thank you so much for considering that. And thank you even more for being here with me and with Tony Merkel for this unique conversation. God bless you guys. And I'll see you back here again soon for another Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.